Hey, welcome to Church Alive. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Come on, everyone, said, Amen. 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 Hey, look, find two people and just tell them they look good, they smell good. I want to continue our freedom series in our house. That doesn't smell that good. You don't have to talk to them like, you know, for like an hour. You're like, wow. Someone's getting aftershave tips and cologne tips. And what do you use? That's special. Um, I want to continue our freedom series uh, today. And uh, I want to talk to you along this line, worship the key to freedom. And um, I do want to celebrate something real quick. Uh, we had over 50 men graduate last night in our, in our fight club. Thank you, Marco, for running the event. Um, thank you, Tommy, for being the MC. Tommy Two Fingers, I'm not sure where you got that nickname from. Uh, but but our, our, all of our squad leaders, assistant leaders, and anyone who helped on that, man, thank you. Over 100 men just had an incredible time here last night. And I do want to say this, just to plug this, man. Um, Father's Day weekend, we'll do our next fight club, and uh, we're having a special guest speaker. He used to be a professional uh, baseball player, literally was healed of cancer, became a campus pastor of a church now, and he's just a rock star. He's going to bring it. But anyway, we just had an incredible time, didn't we, men? How many men were there and had a good time? Good stuff. John chapter 8 is our foundational scripture, John chapter 8. You can grab your Bible, you can turn in your iPhone as long as you're not texting. And uh, if you see anyone texting, just rebuke them. Uh, do it quietly, but rebuke them sternly. That's why, that's the, that would be my uh, coaching moment for you. John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold, someone say hold. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. I want to teach for a moment and preach on this subject of worship because I truly believe that worship is the key to get free. It is the process of freedom and it is how you stay free. It is not just something we do, it is something we become. Does that make sense? We become worshippers. Uh, John chapter 4, the worship really scripture of Jesus, he said this to a woman who had really no real understanding of worship. He said to her, a time is coming, has now come, when the true worshippers, someone say true worshippers, they will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now watch this now, how important worship is to God, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. Notice that God Himself is looking for someone to worship Him. He's looking for true worshippers. He's, he's seeking it. You might be seeking all kinds of different things, but He is seeking someone who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. 
And it's not because he needs it like he doesn't have a good self-esteem. I need someone to talk good about me. Can I just find someone to encourage me? No, like a father would want a child to relationally connect to him and, and give the necessary thanks back and praise back and adoration back to his daddy or his mummy. That's what God is looking for, for you are his child. See, he's not just, he doesn't just want you to give him lip service. How many of you parents, any parents in here, just put up your hand. How many know parents? Parenting will teach you more than any textbook will teach you. Parenting will teach you more than a doctorate will teach you. I don't care how many degrees you have next to your name. You don't know that much till you've been a parent, right? Just kidding if, if that's not your thing. Anyway, it'll teach you so much stuff. And here's the interesting thing. Like if I give my child something, if I give Benjamin or Rachel something and they go, oh, thanks. I'm like, wait a second. Wait. Come back, and you're going to give to daddy appropriate thanks for the magnificent thing that I just gave you. Right? So why? Because I want to cultivate thankful kids, not whining, not complaining, not, not snot down their nose, just why? No, no, no. I want to cultivate thankful kids. But how many know that Thanksgiving doesn't always come easy to you, yeah. right? So sometimes what we do is we, we, we get a blessing from God and we're like, thanks. And then later, if you don't give appropriate Thanksgiving, what will actually happen is you think or you will think that it was you that got it. But God's back. He's like, hey, you know, I gave you that gift, right? I can take it away. How many thank God he doesn't take away our gifts? Why is it so important to talk about worship? Because Jesus says that true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth, which obviously says another thing. There are false worshipers. You can come to church all your life. And do you know that sometimes you can worship God sincerely, but in error? Or you can, you, can, you can feel like you know it all, but how many of you know that sometimes it feels like your heart is distant? You can serve. How many know you can serve in church for years? You didn't even realize you were doing it for you. You can give. Even giving can be a little bit selfish sometimes. You're kind of giving and you're like, God, bless me. It's almost like you're begging him or you do the other thing. You kind of throw money in. You're like, Haha, did the church a favor? <laughs> and the father's like, uh, didn't receive that one. Does that make sense? Yeah. It is not whether you worship, but it is what you worship. Yeah. If next time you go to a football game, next time you go to a basketball game, next time you go to a concert, ask yourself this question, what are we worshiping? Like, what are we really adoring and spending our time focused on and our attention? And oh my gosh, we, we worship in essence Hollywood stars sometimes. Or we worship in essence a football player. Or we worship something. It's like our natural tendency is to worship something. Have you ever met someone and they have a hobby, but you think that hobby's ridiculous? Like they collect like Coca-Cola bottles, for instance, and you go in the room of their house and they've spent thousands of dollars, like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands on like Coca-Cola products. But whatever it is you worship, your money will just go there and you won't even think about it. I was talking to a dude in our Transform recently. He said he had $250,000 worth of shoes, not a house, shoes. 
I was like, how many feet you got? You got octopus going on or something. He's got like eight feet. I don't know what's happening. He had Jordans upon Jordans. He had more Jordans than Jordan had. <laughs> and you meet someone and, 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 and I had some, met someone else and he's like, I got over a hundred shoes. And I'm like, why? Like, listen, if I ever have over a hundred shoes, I hope I'm a multi-millionaire. Because that's the only reason that's even justifiable. Are you with me? Some of you ladies are feeling convicted in the house. They're like, don't judge me. Who are you to judge my shoes collection? I, I needed that pair. I wore it once. My girlfriends told me, that looks on point, girl. Right. Oh, look at you. You know, you spent $120 for one girl to say, look at you. Because he didn't notice. Right? He... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a, you know. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have enough sleep last night. Let me, let me define worship before I get in too much trouble. Let me define it. Worship is the giving of thanks for what God has done and what God will do. We thank God for what He has done, but actually what's so vital is we thank God for what He's going to do. Something hit me recently at, at a, at when I was in San Diego. It was this phrase. It was just, God is in my future. God is in my future. I've often thought of God in my past. I've often looked and seen God has moved and God was back there and God was there. And, and just there was something about that phrase, God is in my future. That means blessing is in my future. That means good things are in my future so I can thank God even in advance. That's faith. When we thank God in advance. Worship is the giving of praise for who He is. It is the giving of praise for who He is. It is the giving of finances that honours God as the ultimate source of blessing. This is worship. It is actions that stem from honouring His Word and His name. Worship is something we do. We come to a worship service, but more importantly, it is who we become. The longer you're a Christian, the, the more authentic, the more full your worship should be. It shouldn't be I get on fire for a year or two and then I backslide for seven years and then I come on back. No, when we, when we follow God, it should be with our whole heart. It should be with everything. And how many of you find sometimes that you thought God had all your heart and then He asked for something else? You're like, wait, wait. And He does that sometimes. It isn't to take something from you. It's literally, hey, can I have that area of your heart healthy? Can I have that bit? And you're just like, oh, are you sure? It's like heart surgery. Just, just split me open, Lord. Worship is not part of the Christian life. It is the Christian life. Worship is not part of it. It is it. You know, years ago, there, there came out something called The Secret in America. It was kind of really a, a, probably a money uh, s scheme that, that people would go, there's the secret out there. And if you just tell the universe whatever you want, it'll come to you. Don't say anything negative because if you talk about cancer, it'll give it to you because he's very confused. But if you just say, millionaire, come to me. Billionaire, come to me. Right people, come to me. Oh, come to me. Oh, come to me. Yeah, they called it the secret. I'll tell you the secret. You crazy. Yeah. Right? You crazy. 
But listen to me, worship is actually a secret. There's something, there's something mysterious about worship. But worship will unlock who you're meant to be. Worship will unlock who, who God is in your world. Can I get a good amen? The Bible, listen, the Bible is a book basically about worship. From Genesis chapter 1, 2, 3, Genesis 3, the devil comes in and what's he after? He's after their disobedience, but really he's after their worship. In Genesis chapter 4, Cain and Abel, the first worship service ever recorded in all of Scripture, there was, it was about worship. In Genesis 6, where, where God sends the flood, it was about their wrong worship. In Genesis 11, when God builds the Tower of Babel, He, he, he dispersed them because their worship was wrong. In Genesis 12, God takes a man called Abram. He says, I will make this man the nation of Israel and I will teach them how to worship me. When Jesus came, it was about the restoration of worship. And no other place gives a clearer picture of this than when He dies upon a cross and all of a sudden the curtain from the Holy of Holies to the outer courts was ripped from top to bottom. Because when He said, it is finished, God Himself said, I'll deal with that and now I can come and be with them. He was restoring worship. Are you with me, Church Alive? Listen to what the Bible says in Heze uh, sorry, 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 21. It says this, speaking of a man called King Hezekiah, he is the greatest king in all of the Bible. How many think you should probably pay attention to him? He is he's greater than Solomon. He is greater than David. He is actually, the Bible says there was not a king before him nor like him. He is the greatest. And here's what the Bible says. In everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple and obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly and so he prospered. Whatever has your worship has your soul. Whatever has your worship has your soul. When the devil comes to tempt Jesus in Luke chapter 4, he's after his worship. Why? Because he knows if he gets his worship, he gets him. You become what you worship. You become what you worship. We are actually changed as we behold Him, as we worship Him, as we thank Him, as we praise Him. We actually become more like God. But if we refuse to thank and praise and worship God, we become more like the devil. Are you with me, church? Worship, again, is not part of the Christian life. Worship is the Christian life. You don't stop worshiping. You won't leave and go, now I'm going to go do something else and I won't be worshiping anymore. No, you will be worshiping. Everything about you says something about you. Let me say that again. Everything about you says something about you. Everything that you do says what you worship. Worship reveals, see how I treat people reveals my worship. How I treat money reveals my worship. How you treat sex reveals your worship. How you treat your job reveals your worship. If you're a bad employee, do you recognize that's your worship? Jesus never said that, that people would know you by your bumper sticker. I'm a Christian because of my bumper sticker. Or I go to church. No, he said, I'll, I'll know them by their love. So if, if I'm not worshiping Jesus with all my heart, it, it says, I've, I've missed him. Are you with me? 
how I attend church says everything about my worship, how I serve in church, whether I serve and, I'm, and I think I'm doing everyone a favour, whether I serve in church and I get mad at people, whether I serve in church and I have a good attitude, says everything about my worship. Are you with me? Listen, worship, worship is, is, is the zipper that you and I get to unzip and all of a sudden we get to see into God's goodness and God's glory. So let me catch, let me, let me hope, let me say this. I pray our church gets this. Our worship moment in church, it is so vital because we are hosting the King. We are literally hosting His presence. He is in worship. Be assured of that. He's there, but it's worship that opens our eyes to Him. It's worship that's like this zipper that all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, I now see heaven. Over and over again in Scripture, it'll say things like this. In the book of Genesis, He says, God was in this place and I wasn't even aware of it. The book of Judges, when, when the angel of God, it's literally a, um, a, a Christology, a early appearance of Christ Himself. They show up to Samson's parents. Samson's parents cannot have children whatsoever. And they think they're hanging out with an angel. He says, you're about to have a, a child and he will be a Nazarite. He can't cut his hair. He can't have alcohol. He can't, um, he can't touch anything dead. And he says, listen, a child is coming to you. And they're hanging out and they're talking. The angel and, and the woman. And then he doesn't appear to the man. It's just the woman. He's like, hey, the woman says, hey, would you come back later? Because my, my husband, he's going to think I'm crazy. So he does something gracious. He comes back a second time and he says the exact same thing to the father. He says he will be a Nazarite. And here's what's interesting. Then all of a sudden they get a little goat and they sacrifice it. And they believe it's an angel of God and the angel of God is standing there and then he jumps into the fire and all of a sudden he disappears up into their sacrifice. And then all of a sudden they go, oh my goodness, God was here. They thought it was an angel. They were having a supernatural experience, but they could not see it. Hear me now. It was worship that opened their eyes. It was like the zipper that came on down and they literally went, oh my goodness, God is in this house. Listen, often men, we probably struggle with this a little bit more than women do. I'm not sure why women just seem to connect with music, connect with worship easier. They just go, yes. Yes, I just, yes, right? And the man's kind of like. Anyway, we eventually get there, right, man? It takes us a little while longer sometimes. See, often men, because men like more instant results. So here's the deal. Men often think this. If God's real, He'll show up. And then I'll worship Him. God's like, no, no, no. You worship me, and I'll show up. Now, don't get me wrong. He's already here. He's, when you go home, He's there. But it will be, worship will be the zipper that all of a sudden you open and like, wait a minute, I never saw this before. And you keep worshiping and keep worshiping. It's like, it's like I'm seeing something different. 
Worship opens your eyes. Worship opens your eyes. Prayer opens your eyes to what already is. You're like, God is not with me. He's never left you. He has never left you. Psalm 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? It says, where can I flee from your presence? It says, if I ascend up into the heavens, it says, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, the place of the dead, you are there. It says, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, it says, even there shall your hand guide me. David knew this. He could actually never leave God's presence ever, but he could just feel distant from it. And it's worship that actually unzips the veil. It's worship that unzips the veil. It's thanks and praise. It's generosity. It's an act of obedience. It's reading His Word. It's, 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 it's a praying in the Spirit. It's, and, and all of a sudden, it's like that zipper. And now all of a sudden, you step into an environment. And now you step into that environment and you become the change agent of that environment. Why? Because you've been in the presence of the King. One of the greatest things you can do is get in the presence of the King yourself and you stop soaking in the environment and you start changing the environment. I am prophesying to some men and I am prophesying to some women in this place that if you'll get in the presence of the Lord, you will become the change agent. If you'll worship the Lord, you will step into environment and peace and strength will come into your soul and you will change. You will become that change agent. It's not about you, but God wants to use you. Why is worship talked about, fought over, twisted and instructed so many times? Because you become what you worship. You become it. One of the things I love about Transform and Fight Club is it gets men excited about their own lives, the purpose that God has for them, the destiny that God has for them. Why is that so important? Because so many people are excited about everything else. Like you're excited about a team you're not on. No one pays you. Like, like, like I love sports, but Roger Federer doesn't give me any money. So if I barrack for Roger and get a bandana on Roger and get a t-shirt called Roger, guess what? I'm just following Roger. Right, doesn't that sound silly? Like you go over to someone's house and, and you would think they're on the New York Yankees. You're like, wait, are you on the Yankees? <laughs> now listen, if you were, that's great. That's awesome. And if you got a couple of posters, that's great. But you go into some men's basement and you would think they were Babe Ruth. Like you would, you're like, wow, you were amazing. And you didn't even make it past, past middle school baseball. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they were, and here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. That same person will say, Church is just about your money. Wow. How about I walk in your basement, count up the dollars and go, guess what? The Yankees are about your money. But your heart and your worship has drifted so much to it that you didn't even recognize it. You didn't even recognize it. How do you think they're paying them 250 mil? You. There's a million of you just walking around and, and they're like, oh. think about it. You making them rich. And then people say the dumb crap like, church is all about your money. You sure? Your Yankees are. 
Coca-Cola is. Apple is. You don't walk into Apple and take a phone, just walk out. Oh, you just about my money. Yeah, you pay a certain amount every time. Are you with me? <laughs> oh, I'm stepping on some toes. I know. I just uh, sometimes you got to dance a little, you know. <laughs> you know, I heard this phrase recently. I think it was at the Oscars. They said this: "Live your own truth." I was like, "What does that mean?" Do we just make up stuff now? Are we in Star Wars? Like, are we just in this separate universe where we get to make up anything we want and it's true? Literally, recently, Easy Pass, uh, they sent me a nice little letter. Thanks for being an amazing customer. No, they sent me a $150 fine because I'd gone through Easy Pass three times and I kind of had forgotten that my bank card had changed and I didn't update the details and so forth. Here's what living your truth looks like. Call them up. It says, uh, pay them $150, and here's my truth. My truth is, you owe me $150. Let me describe it differently, because no one got it. <laughs> this, is, this is like the police pulling you over for speeding, and he says, you are speeding, and you say, my truth is, I get to drive as fast as I want. He just lost faith in humanity. Like, he... He doesn't like people anymore <laughs> because we say dumb stuff like this. Listen, worship what you want, do what you want, but you do not get to make up your truth. God is seeking true worshipers, true worshipers, true worship. He is looking for them, seeking after them. He says, listen, and worship will lead you into truth. Worship align. Haven't you found that the worship moment aligns my heart to truth? Last night we were singing All My Fountains Have In You and it's something powerful when just a bunch of men are just singing this one song and I had to think to myself, well, I'm not sure all of our fountains are in Him, but what it does is it aligns you. You go, you know what? Actually, my fountain's in something else and my fountain's in something else, but I'm aligning my heart. I'm aligning my heart to Jesus. Are you with me? Worship is far more than music. It is also a battle for what is true. Worship is far more than music. It is a battle for what is true. Are you with me? Let me try to close this down. Can I have the keyboardist come? It's about to get very spiritual. <laughs> you doing good? Packed house. It's good to see so many handsome people in the house. Pretty people in the house. I wasn't sure if handsome or pretty, you know. <laughs> I'd never seen this before. I've memorized the Lord's Prayer many, many years ago, just growing up in a Christian home. But I want to say this about the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is not just a prayer to pray, but a life to live. The Lord's Prayer is not a prayer to pray. It's not just say these words, say them quickly, and you're good. You might have grown up like that. You're like, you say it real quick, and you're good, right? How would that work as a parent? Like as my child comes up to me, he's like, thank you, daddy, okay. It's like, wait, no, I need it from the heart. It's the Lord's Prayer is not just a prayer to pray, but it's a life to live. It is the way of the worshiper. Hear me now, it is literally the footpath of a man or woman of faith. But it is also the footpath of freedom. 
Watch this now. Father in heaven, it says, hallowed be your name, worship. And worship. And then he says, in your kingdom come, your will be done. So can I say this? Your worship, my worship needs to go deeper if I'm having trouble obeying God. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's a surrender moment. But how many of you know it's hard to surrender when you're staring at your own pleasures? It's hard to surrender when you're not staring at God. But how many know it's easy to surrender when you're staring at God? Because He's God and He's good. And you're like, okay, Lord, I, I surrender. It's the first path of freedom. He says, Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. He says, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now watch this now. Give me today my daily bread. Someone say provision. That's the area of money and finance. And it can be a worry to us. But watch this now, if you're struggling to trust God in the area of your money and finance, go back to base one, worship. If I'm struggling to surrender, go back to worship. If I'm struggling to trust God with my money, go back to worship. And then he says this, but forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. If you're struggling to forgive someone, go back to worship. Forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. It's hard to forgive people if you're staring at what they did. If I'm thinking about what someone said, I'm thinking about what that one did, that person abused our family, that person robbed stuff. It's easy to do it. Though I found if I'm staring at Jesus, if I'm looking at Him, if my eyes, my faith is fixed upon Him, I'm staring at the blood of Jesus Christ. I tell you this, you're just like, my goodness, you've forgiven everything. I can forgive something. But forgiveness is the pathway to freedom. Forgiveness is the pathway. You never met someone who cannot forgive, who is free. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It is the pathway of freedom. And he says this, lead me not into temptation, watch this now, but deliver me from evil. In other words, set me free from evil. But often people want to bypass surrender. They want to bypass trusting God. They want to bypass, listen, there is something powerful. I love when I hear in our transform groups, both men and women, I love when I hear that someone had to forgive their dad, had to forgive their mom, had to, had to have a, I love when I hear someone had to have a personal conversation with someone that had hurt them because I know the result of what happens after that. They get free. They get freed up in their spirit. They're literally like, oh my goodness, I, I don't even hate them anymore. I can pray for them now. I can love them. That is free. You cannot, listen, you cannot be free with unforgiveness in your heart. So Jesus leads them on a path of worship and a path of surrender and a path of faith and a path of forgiveness. And then He says, and now you can be free. He says, deliver me from evil. Set me free of lies that would ensnare me. Renew my mind and change my mind. Some of you may have because of your past, it's hard for you to look at God as Father because your Father wasn't there for you or your Father was absent or your Father was dysfunctional. And so it's hard to. I feel like in my heart, I wanna tell someone that your Heavenly Father, if your Father was dysfunctional, He is nothing like Him. He is so different from Him. He is so loving. He is so kind. His, his essence oozes love. His essence oozes grace. And so you can be free of that today. 
that God in heaven is a loving Father and He loves your soul. He loves everything about you. He died so that He could literally spend eternity with you. And so if someone wanted to die for me, if someone wanted to give up their life for me, my goodness, they must love me. They must love me. They must love me. They must love me. Someone say, God loves me. Come on, say the Father loves me. One of the biggest lies of the enemy is always trying to show you that God's trying to hold out on you and He's painting a wrong picture. But worship clarifies that picture. Worship gives truth to that, to that, to that picture. See, if you have a false image of God, how many of you know it affects your actions? This is why worship is so important. This is why what we do is so important. This is why I'd encourage you to come early to church because you need to be in an environment. You've got to understand, these, the, the 25, 30 minutes that we do weekly in our worship is to set you up for the rest of the week so you learn how to worship all by yourself. So you learn how to worship in the morning. So you learn how to worship in the day. So that you learn how to worship God all by yourself. As a family, you can worship and it'll set you free. God wants His people free. Can I get a good amen? Coming all across this place, would you close your eyes? Can I have the worship team to come back? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, say this prayer with me. Father, I worship You. I hallow your name. I lift up your name. I glorify you above my life, over my family, over my decisions, over who I am. I surrender today to your goodness, to your grace. I surrender my agenda, my plans, my dreams, because you're good, I know I can surrender. Give me today my daily bread. I trust you to provide through my work, through my giftings, through my generosity, throughout my whole life. I trust you to provide for me emotionally, financially, in every way. Forgive me my sins as I would forgive those who sin against me. Forgive me where I've wronged against you or people and I'll release anyone that I've been holding unforgiveness against. Right now, I release them. I bless them. I declare they are free to go. I will not hold them. And I declare every evil broken over my life in Jesus' name. Father, unwind some of the lies that would hold me captive in Jesus' name. Lift off me every oppression that would ever sit on me in the name of Jesus. And I declare your kingdom come, your will be done in me. 
I declare yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Come on, I want you to stand your feet now and say, I declare your kingdom over my world. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Come on, worship team, I need you. If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.